God made male and female, and so uh, and, and He made it's His. He sex was His idea. He came up with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he He could have allowed uh, any number of ways for us to to be uh, intimate, but He He chose to give us sex, and uh, and so we look to His Word for like the purposes of it. God is glorified by what he has has created and and that includes sex and sexuality within the guidelines that he has given. We are human beings, we are created with a sexual drive and we are supposed to be able to um, to scratch that itch so to speak in a way that God defines it and allows it. Welcome to the Life Change Podcast, where we submit all of life to all of Christ. In this episode, we discuss why sex is best when it's within the guidelines God created for it. We also get to listen to a Trey's rendition of a salt and pepper song, and we make fun of Brian for not turning off his email notifications. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Life Change Podcast, where we submit all of life to all of Christ. I am Trebellis, and as always, I'm here with my fellas, um, Brian and Paul. Say what's up, fellas. What's up? Red Bull <laughs> in full effect right now. <laughs> I heard it. <laughs> yes. Come on. Yeah. We, got, we got the full Brian. That's today. right. That's what I'm talking about. Yo. Well, well, if you are listening, you are in for a treat because uh, Salt and Pepper had a song back in the day, <laughs> and we're kind of we're kind of going that route because we're talking about sex, baby. Oh, Let's man. talk about sex. Yep, yep, that's what we're doing. We're talking about sex, and here's the promise, though. This is this is why we're talking about it because this is our promise. Sex is the best within the guidelines that God defined. Mm. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to unpack sex from a biblical perspective. And, um, and, and as always, we love to do that by asking questions that we think people would ask and questions that we think would provide some great answers. So, so let's start with this, because I think this is true. Why does sex seem to be such a taboo topic to discuss for the church? Yeah, that's a great question, Trey. I think uh, there's a few reasons. Uh, there's a lot of pain associated with sex, and it could be for a number of reasons. Maybe there's some abuse, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is people uh, just making mistakes. It's, it's yeah. sin and brokenness from uh, really uh, just uh, lies associated with sex and then uh, acting on those lies, uh, idolatries. Yeah. And uh, all of that sin just compounds a lot of pain for people. They don't want to talk about that. It's, it's too hard. It hurts. Uh, I think mm. for a lot of pastors, uh, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a topic where they just don't seem like they can win. They just, they, either their, their ministry, they're, uh, they're, they're talking uh, to people not able to help, or it could also be that, uh, that maybe they've had failure themselves in their past and they mm, don't want to address good. that topic. 
and then and then I think it, there's so much. It it seems like there's such a hill to climb when it comes to this topic and 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 trying to get to a, a biblical understanding of sexuality that it just intimidates parents. It intimidates. Uh, you know, even even Christians in a in a like in a school setting, like uh, they, you know, administrators, teachers, there is it. You know, can I say this? Should I not say that? Uh, and, yeah, and, uh, yeah. So I think there's just a, a lot of a lot of intimidation just by the, the magnitude of the topic. No yeah. doubt, I, I'm intimidated right now. I, I mean, you just you just made it sound impossible, Brian. I'm like, ah, hey man, bring it home, baby. Can we bring pick a different topic? Is this is this uh, is this a good time to switch to you know to, to predestination? Um, can we can we That's talk about topic, can we talk though. about an easy topic here? Um, <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I I can tell you, growing up, and, and I, I think a lot of people had a similar experience. Um. There, there was kind of one teaching on sex, and that is don't talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Don't do it. And don't talk about it. Yep. That 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 keeps everybody safe, and, and and that was the thought. Like if you talk about it, then then there's the danger uh, because it, it's mm. as if no one's <laughs> thinking about it, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Which is is obviously a lie. But um, the person who brings it up, they're the ones who are in the wrong. Mm. It, it was kind of the culture. Um, behind sexuality. I, I, I remember uh, just growing up like that is just, we never ever mm. said anything that had to do with sex. Never had that really that talk. I remember my dad trying to have that talk with me and, and basically he was like, ah, uh, we should probably have this talk. And I was like, oh, I'm good. And he's like, oh, okay, that's good. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was that, you know? So uh, it's just, that's been the teaching on it. Hey, let's not talk about it. And and so because of that, we've avoided it. And mm. I think that's, there, there's an unhealthy avoidance in hopes to mitigate temptation. That's basically mm, what you were yeah. talking about. It, it makes me think of this quote, um, not necessarily a quote, but this is something that we think. If we ignore it, it'll go away, mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> and the reality is it doesn't work with back pain. And it doesn't work with sexual temptation <laughs> either. Oh know? man, so true. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, I'm gonna go take an aspirin right now. <laughs> <laughs> Does aspirin help with back pain? I don't. I don't know. I think it can. Yeah. I think it can. Man, if I could, Ryan, knock out, you got it. Seriously, you got to deal yeah. with that email. <laughs> I gotta. I gotta. If I could take aspirin and deal with my temptation, it'd be awesome. Thank you, Lord. So you could deal with your emails. That is true. Take a pill. That, take a pill for my emails. Hey, that could have been the Lord emailing him. So that's right. Uh, but anyway, he's standing, never mind. <laughs> so back to back to sex, right? Um, we're talking about why we don't talk about it, but but we're talking about it today. That's the whole point. We're going to talk yeah. about it. We yeah. want to we want to strip down that that bad idea that we shouldn't talk about it. But let's talk about it from a good perspective. What's mm. the purpose? of sex, right? Because there is a purpose. And I think it starts with who created it. So, so let's start there. Who created sex? Okay. So, so we know the answer to that question, right? God created it because he creates everything. Uh huh. Um, but he created it good. That's right. right? And, and, and this is something from God. And, and when we start thinking about stuff like, okay, we're ashamed of it. We don't want to talk about it. Uh, we're supposed to avoid it. That makes it seem like it's a worldly topic mm-hmm. that like the world owns and, and, uh, and, and we only dabble in when it's wrong. Mm. Um, or, you know, uh, I know married couples are supposed to do it, but, but that we're, we're gonna, we're not going to talk about it. Um, or or provide any insight into it, and, and so 
um, that is really denying the fact that God created it. Even though we know God created it, the fact that we don't talk about it, we avoid it, we treat it as something that the world owns, that's denying right. the fact that, no, this is God's. That's good. You know, and, and when we look in Genesis and it says God made them male and female, when he says that uh, that they should leave their father and mother, cling, uh, a man should leave his father and his mother, cling to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. He's talking mm. about intimacy there. When you look at yeah. Song of Solomon, God writes an entire book, right, mm-hmm. where he glorifies what he has made. And, and you know, there's different ways to interpret that passage, but I, I think one common thread in there is God is glorified by what he has has created, and, and that includes sex and sexuality within the guidelines right. that he has given. That's right. That is That's really, great. really good. That's good. So we've established... God created it. Um, what are some of the purposes? What what, do we, what are some of the purposes that we see from Scripture? Um, why God created it in the first place? Yeah, that's so good because uh, I, I, Paul, I love the way that you 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 went to Scripture. Hey, God made male and female, and so uh, and, and He made it's His. He sex was His idea. He came up with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he He could have allowed. Uh, any number of ways for us to to be uh, intimate, but he he chose to give us sex, and uh, and so we look to his word for like the purposes of it. And so, like, no doubt, literally yeah. right after that, in uh, when 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 God created male male and female, right in verse twenty eight, the very next verse, he says, "Be fruitful and multiply." So, number one, right away, like sex, the purpose of sex is for procreation. It is mm-hmm. for the for the. Uh, for the uh, bearing of children, and and so so that's another reason. And then you you alluded to Song of Solomon. I mean, the, the one of the main themes of Song of Solomon is that sex is pleasure. It's for pleasure. It's for uh, intimacy, but but intimacy not just for intimacy, intimacy's sake, but also for for pleasure. Yeah. And then uh, and then I think a third reason, and the Apostle Paul gets to this. I mean, uh, you know, sex uh, just uh, sex is to ultimately to glorify God, to love yeah. one another, ultimately for the glorification. Of our Lord, so yeah. I, and I love okay, and I love the fact we're identifying the purposes mm-hmm. for for it because, like, you might get a. I mean, if, if if for any reason a married couple can no longer engage in 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 sexual activity, I mean, it's some sometimes we look at it and we're like, uh, um, well, we can't do this, so it kind of robs us of yeah. something that we're supposed to be as a married couple and I don't yeah. I don't I don't think that's true cuz we we kind of the the society elevates sex to a to a level that it shouldn't be anyway but that's we we might hit that a little bit later. I wanted to mention one other purpose that I think we find in scripture and that's actually mm. to prevent sin, to yeah, prevent sexual go. sin. Paul oh, no. tells so us, you know, to, you know, only abstain a little bit for prayer. Um, but definitely come back together so you don't so you're not tempted to to have sexual sin. And so um I think we are we are human beings. We are created with a sexual drive, and we are supposed to be able to um to scratch that itch, so to speak, in a way that God defines it and allows it. Are you laughing at scratch that itch? I, I am. I'm, I'm, that, that's, <laughs> How did, no. you didn't listen? I, no. I didn't laugh no, earlier you, in the podcast you, when you said married couples are supposed to do it. Now I heard you say that <laughs> and in my in my in my sophomoric thinking. Sometimes I was like, I would laugh at that if I was listening to I it. Think Mary, if you're I, a listener, you're I, just we, laughing. Okay, a lot of we need a better scriptwriter. Let's. let's <laughs> he's there fired. Is no script. He That's is hard. fired. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
That's what so, makes this amazing. There's no. Script. It is. It's yeah. awesome. So, so we've defined that you know we have mar- uh, sex has a purpose. God created it, um, but the culture does not align with what God says and God's guidelines. So let's talk about that for a moment. What is the culture saying about sex? What does the culture say about it? Um, you know, one of the things um, I, I noticed is because, you know, culture is introducing ideas about sex at a very early age. Uh, my family, were, we were trying to find a movie to watch and we watched Mitchell's, Mitchell's Versus the Machines or something like that. It's a Netflix original movie, animated film for kids. And we're watching it, and I noticed right away, like within the first thirty seconds of the movie, that the the pro the protagonist is a is a young girl in in um probably in high school, and she has a rainbow pin on her on her mm. shirt, and I noticed it. Um, but I'm watching the you know just like I said, the first thirty seconds I see her wearing it, and then forty five seconds later, one of my daughters says to the other daughter, they're thirteen and eleven, um, they're like, oh, she has a rainbow pin on, and and it's just like you know okay. They, they recognize it, too. And I think our culture is doing exactly what the culture wants to do, indoctrinate people at a young age to normalize perversions of what God has created or established with sex. So so what, so let's talk about that. What's culture talking about? What, what is culture saying when it comes to sex? There's a worldview at work in, in our world called postmodernism. And uh, postmodernism is uh, at its root. It's a rejection of, of ultimate truth. It's yeah. it's a rejects, rejection of uh, uh, let me say absolute truth. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, what's true for you may not be true for me, uh, and that that all stems from um, some things that happened in modernism around evolution. There's no God, so we can kind of uh, we can decide for ourselves what's true and not true. So mm-hmm. that it obviously has a lot of implications, and I mean, that extends to sex, and so. There's, uh, there's this idea that there is no binding truth. There's no binding understanding when it comes to sex and sexuality. So that's, that's the first thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, how that's played out over time is, uh, we'll just live your truth. Really, there's no, uh, the only thing that really matters when it comes to sex is consent. So as long as there's consenting adults, anything goes. And uh, we're finding on college campuses, I mean, in, in our society, that that is a terrible, terrible way to, uh, uh, as, as, a, as a sexual ethic, uh, that, that, that there's so much pain associated with that. Yeah. And so, so what we end up with is uh, live your truth. Okay. Whatever your truth is, just live your truth. Yeah. The problem with that is I can't just live in a vacuum. Like I, like I have neighbors. I have kids. I have, uh, I, 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 there's all kinds of, uh, sin never just affects you. It, your choices, your decisions never affect just you. They affect every single life that you touch. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. You know, okay. So I, I totally agree with everything you were saying as far as living in truth and, what, when we have to sit back and say, okay, what is truth? We have to say, well, who defines truth? Well, who gets mm-hmm. to define truth? Yeah, you're right. And who has a right to define truth and, and where do yeah. they get that right from? Yeah. And earlier in the podcast, we talked about who created sex. Well, guess what? The person who creates it gets to define it. Why? Because they created it to do certain things. That's right. All right. And just like mm. if I if I had created, which I'm not anywhere gifted enough to do this, if I created a, a remote control car, right? 
um, then you would need to read the directions and you would need to do it. Uh, you would need to operate it the way I intended it to be operated or it's going to break. For instance, yeah. if you want to run it, you can't run it off of broccoli and mashed potatoes, right? You you have to use a battery because I created yeah. it to use a battery. So, so in that way, the creator gets to define how it should be used in order to be used correctly, in order for it to work. Otherwise, it's going to break. Yeah. And the same thing is true with the opposite. I can't eat a battery, right? Because mm-hmm. why? God didn't create me to run on batteries. Mm-hmm. And we need to take that same concept to everything, including yeah. sexuality. You know, oh, go, go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off. Nope. You go no, ahead, you I, I was just saying, including sexuality, because in order for um, us to be able to quote unquote, do sex properly. <laughs> You're going to laugh at me, Trey. Right. <laughs> in order for, for us to, to, to properly engage in sex, we have to understand why God created it, who created it, why God created it, and what guidelines he, is, he has given us for that. He's created um, this male and female marriage. And he said, keep it in marriage. He didn't do that yeah. because he's a fuddy-duddy. He did it because <laughs> he said, this is the proper way. This is how yeah, I created absolutely. it and yeah, designed right. it. And it, it, go ahead, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, um, yeah. the only thing I would just uh, so I, I, I love everything you're saying, and and uh, I, I like to think of it too. It's like gravity. Okay, there's a law of gravity. Now you can choose to ignore that law of gravity. You can pretend it doesn't exist. You can, uh, but it, but here's the deal: if you are standing on your roof and you decide to step off of your roof without a ladder or something underneath you. You the, the law of gravity will act on you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And you will you will suffer the consequences yeah. of that. And, and, and so, so let me let me apply that real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you act selfishly in sex, okay, whether that's in marriage, out of marriage, when you say, okay, I'm going to use my own truth, I'm going to define this how I want to, and I'm going to use sex solely for my benefit. Right. We, we did say one of the purposes are pleasure, but it's, it's pleasure for both of you. It's not just yourself. If we define it for ourselves and use it selfishly, we're going to fall off the ladder. Yeah. Right. It, it right. might be That's good right. for a while. It might be yeah. beneficial for a while. And, and there have been times I've been very, very tempted by worldly definitions of sexuality. Um, and, and we have to understand that those, the, that those lead to destruction. Because they, the world didn't create it. The world didn't define it. That's right. That's right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we've gotten into a lot of, lot of good, in fact, great stuff so far. And that brings us to something new we want to kind of try, which is quick myths. So what we have here, fellas, I hope y'all are ready for it as I mm. grab my, my trusty timer. Okay. You have, we have 90 seconds. I'm going to read through 10 questions and we are going to try. Well, at least we're going to try to get through 10 questions in 90 seconds. Um, That means we have actually less than 10 seconds per question. So um, that is some really good math. Thank you. I I appreciate that. I've had great tutors. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so are, are yeah, you guys ready? Awesome. Are you guys ready to roll? Yes. Okay. Brian might need another, another sip. Before we start, okay, you should Brian, go. You know. Come on, there it oh, is. All right, there all it right. is. All right. So, quick myths. I'm gonna read the just to make sure I'm fair. I'm gonna read the first question in its entirety before I hit the timer. How's that? 
All right, you guys ready? Mm, love it. Quick myths. Question number one. Here we go. Worldly sex is better than married sex. Uh, worldly sex is uh, filled with insecurity and pain. Married sex uh, brings uh, brings security with it. You took all our time. All right. Number two, sex before marriage is wise so you can try out the car before you purchase it. No. In, in fact, it creates unhealthy expectations that will make it even harder to have pleasure in marriage. Love it. Number three, sex is dirty. Uh, uh, sex outside of marriage. Yes. Amen. Sex inside of marriage. Oh, well, sometimes, depending on where you do it, you can get, <laughs> you get a little dirty. Yeah. Number yeah, four. I, that was a loaded one. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> if sex in your marriage is bad, it doesn't get better. That's a lie. Uh, it, it it's it's just like practicing anything else. You get closer, it gets better. Marriage continues to get better, and sex in marriage gets better. All right, number five. You can look, but you can't touch. Uh, Jesus says, "If you look, uh, you already have touched." Mm, amen. Number six. Sex is just a physical act. No, God has created it to be emotional and even spiritual and bring all parts of the bodies together. And and once you unite it, you can't fully pull it apart again. That Amen. like 30 seconds. Good all right. Point. Number seven, oral sex is <laughs> sinful. Uh, always defer to the, uh, to the weaker conscience. Don't violate your, your spouse's conscience. Amen. Number eight, an emotional affair doesn't count. Uh, d- yes, it does. and i forgot my phone is on uh, mute so it's vibrating in my hands you can't hear it so time is up we got through eight questions fellas that was pretty good uh that's good i I, I think we could have done a lot better Um, i love it but you know what i I, what i really love about that though is these are legit questions i really wanted to get to number nine though trey like like, that was i'm glad we did not get to that one because i was like i have no idea what i want to say okay and and it's good our listeners will never know what number nine is i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tell all right number nine (laughs) is italians are better at it i don't know who wrote these questions (laughs) (laughs) paul are you italian no i don't know I don't know. Brian. I'm sorry, I got nothing. I, I'm got pretty nothing. sure that was Brian's question. He no, wrote that I was not. Yes, Brian. he did. Yo, he wrote that. <laughs> Whatever. Well, listen, before before we go, this has been a great conversation. I also love the fact that we've made it light. I think that's yeah. important. Yeah. Because I think far too often these conversations are too um it, it just plays into this whole idea that it's a bad, dirty thing to talk about. Don't talk about it. So mm. enjoy talking about it. Be be real about it, you know? Um, but but as we get ready to wrap up, I just want to give you guys an opportunity to drop a last gem or two. Any any other thoughts you might have that you'd love to speak into this topic that a mm. question didn't prompt? Paul, what do you got for I, us, brother? Here, I I just want to say out there listening, okay, you know. All five people who are listening. Um, I say five because the sixth person was my mom and she stopped when she heard it was about sex, right? She she turned it off. Um, No, if there's someone listening out there that's in a situation where you're in a marriage and and there is not fulfillment in the sexual part of that marriage um, and and you you almost – you you feel unfulfilled in that area – for various reasons. Um, and, and I just want to speak to that person and say, you know, God didn't design, um, it, he didn't design sexuality as the world's, but he did design it as beautiful and good 
and pleasurable and wonderful within marriage. And there is there is great um, there is there is great God ordained God designed pleasure for marriage, and and that can get better and better and more wonderful. And mm, and to not to not go to the world, okay, yeah, and and yeah. and that's something that I have done in my past is is kind of okay. Well, I, I'm not uh, going to get this where I'm supposed to. I you know I I might think about maybe the world has the answer. The world doesn't have the answer. Nope. They, they mm-hmm. don't. It's a big fat lie. Yeah. Um. God has the answer, and He has created it this to be good. And it's something that you need to talk about your spouse, talk to your spouse about. It, it's something that um, you need to, to, to think about and work on uh, because it, it is a beautiful part of relationships that God has created. Amen. Good stuff. Brian, what about you? Yeah. Uh, so I would just say, uh, I just want to talk to the parents out there. If, uh, if you are a parent, uh, please, please, please talk to your kids about this topic. Don't shy away from that. There are uh, a lot of great resources. University Press has some resources that uh, you can read, actually books that you can, I mean, literally, I think that there's a book that they have that starts, you could talk to your kids about, uh, it's age appropriate, you can talk about sexual things starting at age five. And, uh, and it's very, uh, it's very, it's very well done, very tasteful. But but please talk to your kids about this topic. Don't let the world talk to your kids and train your kids. It's our job to do that. And God will ultimately hold us responsible for what we teach them regarding this. Amen. So, so, so true. And and if I can chime in with my last thought, I'm preparing a talk right now for a, for a Christian school talking about, you know, living the Christian life in a counter, I mean, in, in a, in a non-Christian world. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be speaking from Daniel using those young men who refused mm. in a couple different areas. They refused with eating the food. They refused with bowing to Nebuchadnezzar's statue. But the point I wanted to bring out real quick is this. When Nebuchadnezzar found out that Rakshak and Benny, as we lovingly know from uh, VeggieTales, <laughs> when we know that when Rakshak and Benny did not bow, the astrologers told the king Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar was angry and he he called them out, you know, I'll give you one more chance, but if you don't, you're going to be thrown in the fir- uh, fiery furnace and who's going to save you then? Mm. I love their response. They said, the first thing that they said, and that's all I want to touch on, we do not have to defend ourselves in this matter. Mm. I love the fact that they said that. It speaks about identity. And so Mm -hmm. I I really want to encourage those who are listening. When your identity is in Christ, Mm. you don't have to defend yourself Mm. in the matters that the world tries to bring against you. I know as a Christ follower, one of the things that we typically get we get we get branded you know a homophobe or you know mm-hmm. you know those those type of words or yeah. or you're you're waiting to get married before you have sex we you don't have to defend yourself yeah. in that matter now i think it's a great opportunity to share the gospel maybe and say why you're doing it but don't ma- don't allow people to put you on the fin- or on the defensive um because we are honoring god with our bodies and with our choices when it comes to sexuality. So so don't cower, don't be afraid, but be proud of taking a stand and standing firm on God's word in these areas. Well, listen, for, for those of you listening, thank you for joining us. And on behalf of my friends, Brian and Paul, my name is Trebellis. Thank you for tuning into the Life Change Podcast, and we will see you next time. If you like-
you like this podcast, you can check out the rest of the marriage series wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in next time to the Life Change Podcast, where we begin a series talking about worship, what it is, what it isn't, and we have a whole lot of fun doing it. See you next time. Thank you.